<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> Coming to get you, Barbara. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to a decade of horror, PSVG's Halloween-themed horror movie podcast on the PSVG Podcast Network. My name is Donnie Reese. I'm joined by the Scream team, as I have been every year, every episode, leading to this point. Mr. Lucas Rose and Josh Bones. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing doing good. Good? Jeez, come on. I feel like I should scream if I'm on the Show some excitement. Look, by round of applause, Hal. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a few weeks now. We're a little off our schedule. Um, We had a delay in our recording process, which I bring up because it gave us a little extra time to to sink in to these these years that we're recording tonight. So we're here in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the best way to start this episode. Guys, for 2016 and 2017, I have (laughs) 46 movies on my list for consideration. My goodness. 46. This is by far the two biggest years, at least for options. Now, um, I want to know how you guys made your lists because I have watched... 18 movies, 18 movies in 21 days. Feel pretty, pretty good about that. That was pretty good. <laughs> I have 40 yeah. movies on my list uh, for the, between the two years. Wow. Oh, dang. There's a, uh, there, I think I'm packed. I think I'm at like 20, but one's, one's kind of short. 2016 was kind of short because I kind of knew already what I was going to do. Sure. It was hard to sway me from what my, my picks. 2017 was the tough one because uh, that was the one where I tried more stuff, had a lot of things that I had already seen, and a lot of it kind of ended up being sort of like any any one of them really could make the list. So there was a lot of deliberation, but that's for next year. I made my list. Um, this is basically the the path that I took. I felt really strongly about a couple of movies in both years, I think. I was like, those are definitely on the, on the top of the list. And then I focused on movies that um, were critically received well that I may have not seen or movies that I thought are in contention that I wanted to rewatch um, just to kind of confirm. And I actually yeah. had one movie that I thought one I penciled in, number three. This is absolutely the movie. I rewatched it. I was like, it's not as good. It's not nearly as good as I remember. And it dropped. It dropped hard. Oh, man. <laughs> what about you guys? Uh, I don't, there's a lot of movies that I hadn't seen um, leading into these two years mm-hmm. that, that were, I would say, popular films that I, that I was able to watch. I would say, like, if I couldn't stream it for free, I didn't watch it. So there's definitely some movies that I wanted, really wanted to see. But the convenience I, factor. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, 
things are tight and times are tough, etc. So like, I just didn't want to like drop five bucks to stream it sure. and not, and maybe not even get to watch it. You know, like if it was like going to Walmart and buying a $5 Blu-ray, I would be more likely to do that. Yep. Um, so I just had, I had, uh, um, this like an opportunity for me to see more films and that's why I like when we like basically talk about our picks, like I have my notes about what movies to watch at some point for when we do like a recap and like, I'm, I'm a little bit more in, into like out of a list of 40 picking out two that I'll buy for five bucks and rent, sure. you know, instead of like that thing. But. Um, you're making my cast, You're making my case movies. for Game Pass, by the way. If I can just put yeah, another this plug is, we in need there. A horror movie Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I definitely watched a lot more movies um, in these two years than I had in the past, and and then in our upcoming years, I've watched even more movies that I hadn't seen before. So I'm excited. Very good. I I, up, go ahead. I was just going to say I ended up watching. I think the most. Uh, given the extra week with 11, but I usually can only get to one a night. And that's if I were to watch one every night, um, some more rewatches that I had to reaffirm their place in the list. And some of them, like you, I kind of looked at the Metacritic score or the rotten tomatoes, uh, percentages and went from what was not only the, uh, highest rated things that were on my list, but also I kind of looked at runtime, as well because some of them every once in a while you'll get like a two and a half hour or you know (laughs) epic apparently and for a horror movie that can be kind of long depending but i did end up getting to one of those longer movies and i'll end up talking about it but overall yeah i just kind of to me it's like whatever i'm familiar with that i need to rewatch, and then bang out the ones that are critically received because i feel like i have a better chance of finding something uh, you know, I wouldn't want to say hidden gem, but something that might not get enough uh, attention because that certainly happens where we see movies that get high scores and nobody seems to know what they are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think this year more than any year, I will be talking quite a bit about movies that didn't make my list. Oh. <laughs> like I've got several, oh boy. Uh, you know, good, wish it was up there, wish I thought it was better movies that I wish I could bring up, but I've got a half dozen of those for sure for sure i got Easy. a couple to add to that too i mean we watched them we got to otherwise yeah. it's just waste of time it's right waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> so josh once you get us started with some fun 2016 facts well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beat around the bush 2016 was a terrible year you say this for every <laughs> year every this is wow. every episode it's just gonna take the cake bar, bar, bar none let's start let's start i don't i didn't write them down in any specific order uh, so Leonardo DiCaprio finally wins Best Actor for The Revenant. He's been chasing that his entire life. Yeah, it's about time. He finally wins. Crazy it was for The Revenant. He should have like four of those. He should have a lot more. Yeah, it's like LeBron sure. and like sure. MVP trophies. It's like, is anybody else watching the game? Yeah. What, what's going on here? He's clearly <laughs> <Yeah>. the best. <laughs> uh, Beyonce spills the lemonade. Oh. <laughs> literally. <laughs> no, not literally. <laughs> Stranger Things premieres. Ooh. Yeah, we are introduced oh, wow. to Stranger Things. Uh, the Oscars were hashtag so white. Uh-huh. Um, Donald Trump becomes the 45th president of the United States. Not technically yet, but he wins the election. Okay, ready? Here we go. <laughs> that is the tip of the iceberg. Let's go below. Uh, Christina <laughs> Grimmie is murdered in Orlando 
Uh, also, the Orlando nightclub massacre happens. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we lose David Bowie, Prince, Alan Rickman, <laughs> Abe Vigoda, Glenn Fry, Gene Wilder, Anton Yachin, China, Kimbo Slice, Muhammad Ali, Gordy Howe, Arnold Palmer, Leonard Cohen, Nancy Reagan, Frank Sinatra Jr., Gary Shandling, Alan Thicke, George Michael, Carrie Fisher, and Harambe. It's Trump's fault. Damn it. Just all in 2016. Downhill. Uh, Prince and Bowie. Holy cow. What a terrible year for music lovers everywhere. Pokemon Go is released. (laughs) I forgot. That was the rage. That was a story. You remember? All the kids were just like out in the middle of the night and shit. And they're in the park. All the games of Pokemon Go. (laughs) I don't know life before Pokemon Go. Wasn't it like that Pokemon event where there was like, it was like Woodstock on terribly wrong. There was no internet and everybody's just like. In New York Central Park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Summer Olympics hit Rio, and so did Ryan Lochte. (laughs) The X-Files returns to television. We have the Zika virus. I didn't even know that. So, like, that pause is like, I didn't even know the X-Files. It was a a limited Two seasons. They did two two new seasons. With the the regular folks or? Yeah, with David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson returned, and and so did um, Robert Patrick. Did he return? I assume it wasn't good. It was fine. It was not, you not know, good. It's not. They got those same writers back, but they just didn't have right. it. Right. It wasn't good. Yeah. Like when I when I say it wasn't good, and you go, it was fine. It means it was not good. <laughs> I mean, if you are, it means X-Files it fans, was it not was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So uh, the Zika virus. Uh, we we have to deal with that. Uh, the UK votes to leave the European Union. Uh, Bastille Day in. Nice is interrupted by a crazed truck driver killing 86 people and injuring 400 others. The final VHS player is manufactured. Oh, wow. Who do you have that manufacturer? Samsung, <laughs> LG, Magnavox. No, I, don't, I don't have the, 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 the manufacturer. Sorry. Um, Cubs win the World Series. To oh, prove 2016 we, got <laughs> we got robbed. We got robbed. We had a rain cats. delay in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, when well, we have all the momentum in the world, come on. Someone wanted the 2016 to be the worst, the weirdest Just year ever. <laughs> mess. Uh, Cavs win the NBA championship. There Those we are go. There. Broncos win the Super Bowl. The Penguins win the Stanley Cup. The Captain won? America: Civil War takes the box office, earning just shy of 1.2 billion dollars. Billion. Billion. That's I mean, about they, to put this stuff into perspective. They I'm could afford about. one studio from Bethesda, apparently. That's, that's yeah, how much studio, Captain yeah. America was worth. And the very bottom of the iceberg, uh, Justin Bieber tops the Billboard charts with Love Yourself and Sorry. If you I've say never it heard the other way songs. around, it sounds like someone walked in on him. <laughs> Sorry, love yourself. <laughs> wow. That's 2016. Lucas. Uh, uh, hooray. It falls <laughs> to you to once again to solve, to save the show. Uh, you know, it's getting better. It's getting better all the time. Top three grossing horror movies of 2016. Starting with number three, something, spoilers, that I unfortunately didn't get to. Don't Breathe. Oh. 89 million. Did not make yeah. my list. Fade, now, Ed Fede, Feed, Feed Alvarez. I, he's on my, sh- I wanted to watch that, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. See, I thought I owned this movie. <laughs> I could have swore that my son accidentally bought this when we first got uh, an Amazon tablet and I didn't have, I was just like, Oh, he doesn't need his own profile. 
I was totally wondering what you were talking about. I was like, your son, how could your son have bought a movie? He was like, hey, dad, give me a credit card. Um, 71 Metascore, if you can believe it. So that was even more pushing me towards watching it. But He did the the, 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 the uh, Evil Dead remake that Josh yes. and I went crazy about. The Last Walking movie, which is based on my the book series I had Seth. I asked Seth to read for uh, books for geeks. Nice, nice. Uh, number two, no stranger to this series, The Conjuring. Number two, uh, raking in a hundred and two million dollars with a sixty-five Metascore. Also, didn't get to this one. Made number four on my list, and it hurt to put it oh, off. Just oh, missed. Just <laughs> I, missed. Uh, I wanted to watch it, but it's on HBO Max, and as Ooh. some people, some of you people may know, HBO doesn't want to come to every device that most people have. So, yep. unfortunately, I'm not going to sit at my computer and watch a movie. Uh, number one, I think no surprise. Oh, S- I don't know. Split at 138 million dollarinos. I can put it back on my 2016 list because. It says it came out in 2017. Boom. Back on the list. <laughs> I, I got it at 2016. I had that 20- one down for 2017 as well. Well, I'm Uh-oh. not going back on. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I told you I checked so many times that I may. Actually, I, did. I don't know if I checked these ones because typically I wouldn't think Split would premiere at a film festival so why would it be 2017 unless i really i got january 20th 2017 united states it was released 2016 at fantastic fest ah okay but january come on come on close but no cigar man i'm sorry can't let you have it you don't happen to know the other one do you (laughs) i guess it would have been the conjuring was number one right uh so the third one, maybe I can snag that here in a second. Uh, oh, here it is. The Purge election year. Uh, with, uh, made 79 sense. million. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Um, well, I will kick us off like I do each and every week with my third movie of 2016. And this one's surprising. This one made the list after I rewatched it. It's not something that's typical for me. I think it's a standout for the genre. And it's called mm. Southbound, and it's an anthology. It's an anthology. And I wow. typically hate anthologies. <laughs> there are very okay. few of them that I even like. But this one, I actually kind of really dig and kind of love. And it's a little weird. And it's a little strange. Um, and I think it's weird. And this is what I, – I can't tell you how much I waffled on this one between The Conjuring 2. There are moments of The Conjuring 2 that I love, but there are also moments of The Conjuring 2 that I hate. And I think that's what did me in because Southbound, I really like. It's very entertaining. I think it's free on Amazon Prime. I know it I was, was say, for a long time. It looks familiar, the um, poster, if you will, the title. Art. So have I assume by both of you going to your browsers and typing away <laughs> that neither of you have seen this movie, have you? No. Okay. No, I'm watching the trailer now. I, Lucas, I'm not familiar. look yes. at me. You need to watch Southbound right away. Okay. Uh, it is full of some of the coolest neon synth music that oh, you will oh, ever find. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all of that Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, like it's all there. And then some. Uh, dang. It's all an right. anthology. 
Um, all right. Here's what, here's what I, I took some notes. It's very Twilight Zone. So if you like Twilight Zone, you're going to like it. If you don't, yep. you're probably going to hate it. Um, it's produced by Brad Miska, who directed VHS, and he's the owner, founder of Bloody Disgusting. Okay. Okay. It has a crazy story. Um, it is an anthology, but it's woven together. It all ties okay. together. But here's the thing. It's loose. It doesn't go out of its way to tell you that it's all tied together. This is definitely mm. a movie that after I watched it, both me and my wife were like, okay, now we need somebody to tell us what it all meant. Like, like we went and grabbed like a, a, a plot summary or something, and it actually yeah. starts painting all the pictures along the way. So here's what it is. The first thing it opens up is you have like this Twilight Zone kind of um, parallel time universe where the, the people kind of keep going in circles, and they're being chased by like these grim reapers. Um, that are like, yeah, like these demonic angel grim reapers. And you can tell that they're running away from something. They've done something bad. And that's basically the end of the movie. And then it basically like jumps back and kind of brings you all the way back there by the end. It hits, I think almost every like kind of horror. There's like home invasion. There's cult stuff. There's, there's this one, the, the, the first, I mean, I'm trying to, I took a lot of notes, so it's hard to like read through all the text. I think it's the third chapter, but don't quote me on that. Um, A guy hits a girl with his car and he's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's the whole point of this. The reason it's southbound is like this road never ends, which, by the way, has like this Tales from the Crypt, like radio announcer on the radio who's like, (laughs) you're out there driving down that highway trying to keep going, aren't you? But, you know, like he just keeps doing that. It's very old school, has an old school feel to it. And um, he hits this girl and she's like wrecked. Like bones are broken, like all kinds of stuff are happening. So he calls 911 and he gets these people on the phone and they walk him to like a town and he gets to town. There's nobody there and there's nobody in the hospital. And they walk him on the phone of like how to surgically fix her and save her. And he, he's like shoving like a tube down her throat and he has to like perform surgery on her. And like, this is my worst nightmare. Like I am completely yeah. freaked out. I'm like, and I mean, it's horrifying. It is trauma inducing that is probably the scariest part of the movie for me and then everything else is just kind of weird and off um but but um like the the cult part of it is like this 50s like post-nuclear type desert theme thing where they find these people out on a road anyway it all ties together ultimately like this dude did something bad to this girl and it's like this whole big revenge tale and they've got to get away from death and basically i think ultimately the whole thing is kind of like a uh, it's like symbolic or I don't know the right word. It's like a metaphor for like uh, traveling through hell. I think, I think it's basically okay. it. like uh, everybody that's there seems to have done something wrong and that's why they're there and they can't escape even though it's reality, right? It's not hell. They're not burning to death. Like they're in reality, but they can't get out of this reality. And there's like demons. There's like this dusk till dawn part. Like she gets crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. Uh, it's got lots of blood. It's not super gory. It's got lots of blood. Um, and the soundtrack is to die for <laughs> the soundtrack <laughs> is incredible. It just, and you know how that important that is. If you've, if anybody out there has never tried this, uh, go to YouTube and type in like horror movie without music and just watch like a scene of, of Halloween without the music or a scene of nightmare. Yeah. And I'm, like you re- you don't realize how important the music is until you just see it with like crickets and background leaves and stuff. <laughs> like the music's yeah. important and, this the music in this movie just sets an incredible tone from the get go, and um, 
it's shortish. I don't remember the runtime, but like it felt fast. And uh, I think maybe that's just how entertaining it was. Like it doesn't feel like it drags on. I think there are five ish semi chapters and they all kind of move pretty quickly. Yeah, 89 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it beat the conjuring for me. And for me, that's saying something. Like I had the conjuring in here the whole time. (laughs) And after I rewatched the conjuring two, I do love the conjuring two. I'll talk about it, you know, when we get there. But um, I think this is better. I just think it's better. Nice. nice. I'll definitely check it out. I don't mind anthology at all. Uh, short, uh, short stories as well. Like none of that stuff. You don't get the the character development that you would hope that you would see in a normal movie or read a normal book. But um, there's something for that, like the spectacle almost. My issue with anthologies is typically, I think it is the short stories that don't tie together. I always kind of feel yeah. like it's like, well, what are we doing here? I think it might What's even be my issue with TV shows. That's why I don't typically get into TV shows too. It's just like not enough. But this is an anthology and it's basically like five completely different sets of people, but it's telling one story, I guess is the point. And I think yeah. that captivated me more than anything. Also, I did write this down, completely each chapter directed by a different person. Nice. Which oh, is cool. totally cool. Like- when you watch it at the end, you don't get that impression. Like it feels like it was very much like a cohesive thing, but yeah, yeah. every part directed by somebody else. Nice. It's good. Oh, me. Okay. Um, well, my number three is something that, uh, this is actually the two and a half hour movie that I definitely was not expecting a lot from, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect. The only, thing that i really knew is that it is a pardon me a south korean film uh and so that was pretty much all, that's really all i knew that it was yeah. two and a half hours long uh other than it has an 81 <laughs> it has an 81 uh metascore so i thought okay this has got to be worth my time right even regardless of the fact that it's two and a half hours i'll i'll give it a shot and so this movie, The Wailing. Ooh. Not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, neither did I. Ah, okay. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had never heard of this film. And, you know, all of these things come together. And I've been getting more into uh, the international movie scene. And so I thought, let's give it a shot. So... Number three, The Wailing, uh, it is long and it's kind of hard to describe, but I'll do my best to kind of put it uh, in perspective, kind of an overview. So you have this Korean town where uh, you see your main character and he is, uh, he's not the police chief, but he's like one step down from there. Uh, He might be the deputy or or sheriff or something. And then he's got some people underneath him, but it's not a very big town. And, um, you know, you kind of see his normal day to day. He has a wife, he has a kid. Uh, he's not a very, uh, good man. We'll say he's definitely cheated on his wife, for instance, but overall he, I wouldn't say you grow to like him, but you at least can understand, like, he's just kind of this, uh, typical guy, I guess. Um, and so it starts out with this murder 
um, or this, this thing that happened, this crime that happened and things are kind of weird and they're checking it out. And they're talking about this Japanese man who happened to move in recently. And they, t- uh, they talk about like how things have gone hell since that guy has moved in. And you kind of get the sense that there's sort of some racism going on between um, the two parties. Uh, but the Japanese guy is very sort of mysterious and nobody really talks to him. And he's kind of, he, you'll see him uh, go to the marketplace for instance, and he'll talk to people. So it's not like he's uh a demon or something, but they call him a ghost and you don't really know why, because you're like, okay, well clearly people can see him and they've interacted with him. So what's up with this dude? So throughout the course of the film, things keep happening to the town. People keep doing crazy things like killing their loved ones and then burning down their house. And when they find these people, they seem to have these like burns on them or, or some sort of weird skin disease. Can't remember exactly what it, what it was, but you could physically see something was wrong with them. And so the police chief or deputy or whatever is trying to figure out what's going on. And he basically keeps getting pointed back to this Japanese man. So eventually they go to, uh, figure out, okay, is this really, is this guy really killing people? What's going on? So they go to his place and they find evidence that leads them in that direction. Photographs, this secret room that has all this weird ritualistic stuff in it. And so they're like, okay, maybe there is something to this. Um, And so they go down this line of reasoning and uh, things keep happening. And eventually his own daughter ends up getting, infected with whatever's going on she's clearly not herself and that's like the one thing you get the sense that he really cares about is his daughter and so when that happens he really is pushed to figure out what is going on so they hire this uh religious figure it must be like a a priest or, or a shaman in their whatever their religion is i didn't catch it i apologize ignorant westerner over here sorry um how dare you? I know. How dare I not know everything <laughs> about everyone? Um, so they they hire this religious figure to kind of come in and do some cleansing, try to get the demon out. And he realizes he's fighting a bigger spirit or demon that has some kind of hold on this town. And once that once he realizes that, he's like, I'm going to need some more money to, to do this. I got to come back with some more people. And this is going to get real serious. So if you guys are committed, monetarily speaking, then I'll come back and and perform this. And so from that point on, it suddenly gets kind of iffy as to whether or not is it this Japanese guy or is it this demon that's infecting other people and kind of uh, this other entity entirely. So throughout the last bit of the movie, you're kind of like, okay, it's it is this Japanese guy. Or is it, okay, maybe it's not this Japanese guy. Maybe I'm just playing into their racist stereotyping talk about this dude being a ghost or whatever. And you don't really get the answer up until the very end of the movie. And that's sort of like what the last half of this movie, like the first half is basically just you're getting attached to these characters and learning about their day. After that, some stuff starts happening. And then you realize like, I really don't know if I know what's going on or not. And it all makes sense. It all comes together. And uh, it, it ends 
like it all wraps up in a pretty bow. So it doesn't just leave you asking questions. Um, and after the whole journey, I can say, yeah, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. it. It was a little bit long. I felt two and a half hours again, long for, for a horror film, but overall, like it was worth the journey. And it was nice to see, you know, they call it the wailing. And this guy had no problems, uh, being emotional about what's happening to his kid and stuff. So it was kind of nice to see a, a guy who's just like not afraid to cry, so to speak, when all of this is happening to his family. It was kind of a different take on on this guy, this hero, this sort of man who's supposed to be a hero as a police guy, and but he can be emotional as well. So yeah, it was psychological, a lot of suspense in it. And again, pretty emotional. And so that's why it made my number three and it bumped out something else that was on my list. That I'll talk about later. So the wailing wow. I've never seen yeah, it pretty good. I, I started watching it a few years ago and I didn't finish it. It takes a while to get going. I know I hate saying that, but it is a bit of a slow burn at first. So, okay. but it does. I will say my biggest, the reason why it's number three is that it's not very horrific. There's not a lot there so for any horror fans who are into gore or like any of the like saw type stuff you're not going to get a lot of that here so that was probably be my biggest knock on it is that it's not much of a spectacle as it as it stands so what about you josh so well i i have of uh speaking of bumping movies off my number four and five were both movies that would have made the list until i watched more the movies. movies I watched for this year. <laughs> um, so my number three is a movie that I hadn't seen before doing this podcast, but has always been on my list to see. Uh, it's a South Korean film. <gasps> <laughs> um, and my number three is Train to Busan. Number two. Number two for me as well. Um, and it, it kind of teeters. It could have been two. I think my two and three are are kind of fluid like they, could, they could yeah they could be interchanged uh uh yeah i hadn't seen it before um i i knew like donnie really liked this movie um and it's always been on my netflix queue like come on josh just watch this movie um <laughs> in fact like i must have watched tried watching it at some point because when i went to play it it was like seven minutes in uh, so i don't know no. what happened in the past um so yeah uh if it's on, if it's your number two, is we can just t talk about it in general, I guess. But for, for me, um, th there's something about Korean films, I guess, like um, the hosts and Okja. They just have these this charm, even with Train to Busan, which is a horror film. Um, there's so much charm in this in this movie, and it's about like exploring relationships and like messed up like uh like not messed up but like just good and bad relationships and mm -hmm. and it's of course i mean it is a zombie movie but really it's it's that whole horror trope right the scariest things are the actual living people and yeah. the way that they treat each other and act to each other and and you really get a sense like right away with this this dad who is definitely not a great father, um, but he's also working a lot. So you kind of get the, the pull in both directions, right? Do you sympathize with the guy? Do you sympathize with this kid? Uh, and she just wants to go visit her mom. And the, 
the biggest scene for me for that, like the part that clinched it where I was like, oh, this is great, is when he gets her a gift for her birthday towards the yeah. beginning. The and it's yeah, and it's what he got her last year. And it's yeah, like she just oh, brings to it. Yeah. And he's like, just you can tell we'll he's return really it checked out. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you a gift card. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's a good that's a great scene. That is a good scene, yeah. Yeah. So we see this relationship, it's not great. She wants to see her mom. Um, and, and this guy's living with his mother. So she's like encouraging him, like take your daughter. So of course they, they have to take the train and he's like totally oblivious to things that a regular dad should be noticing, um, (laughs) while Mm -hmm. things are happening. And this girl is constantly wandering away. She's a very capable child, right? She must be what? Eight years old. Yeah. Uh, She's very capable on her own, but she's constantly wandering away, and she's very curious, as an eight-year-old would be, about what's going on. And, of course, an infected person gets on this train. Uh, If you've seen Snowpiercer, just add zombies, because it's pretty similar. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's a pretty similar format. Uh, But really, what is what happens in this, while I think it's a very well-done zombie film, um, I don't know that it breaks any, like, barriers for zombie movies it's just a very well made zombie film mm-hmm. um but it, it it's really strong with the way everyone like interacts and in the main character i guess i'll call him the main character um one of the main characters makes a pretty um strong decision that i think any of us probably would have made in the situation where he has to close the train doors like one of the cab doors to stop zombies from getting in, but he like, and it like he closes it on a man and his pregnant wife. Mm-hmm. He does eventually let them in, but like that's like where this like conflict starts because the guy like basically convinces him wants to throw him, pets, throw the other guy to the zombies, and it's kind of like this tumultuous relationship between them. But the guy and his wife who's pregnant also like father and mother this guy's daughter because he's just totally checked out yeah for pretty much the whole movie um uh, i i don't know that i necessarily love the end um but i definitely see it as um i don't know if i want to say necessary but they definitely do it to to bring up a point like sacrifice right that's what this whole movie was about lack of sacrifice and then the ultimate sacrifice um, and then, of course, the one corporate guy, which is really hit, nailed hard through the whole movie. <laughs> like, this is a corporate guy. He doesn't care about you. He hates everyone. He just wants – he's just worried about himself. Yeah, and he, like, really ruins it for a lot of good people, mm. uh, unfortunately. Um, I really liked it. Uh, it definitely is a South Korean film, so you do have to read. So if you don't like reading um, – but for me, like, films I have to read, like, you eventually don't even realize you're reading it. You're just watching the film and you can see what's going on uh, eventually. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It could, yeah, it could be number two, but it was my number three. Um, and uh, and probably for one specific reason, which I'll talk about, I'm my number two. Um, I wrote the most notes down, I think, for any of my movies on this one. So <clears throat> if you'll bear with me. 
I wrote, themes are abundant here. Not only do we have the normal takes on class and prejudice versus us versus them, fear of groupthink that we've seen in other zombie movies as it pertains to, you know, non-US, non-UK society. But we also see a father on a never-ending quest to save his daughter, uh, of which he does. On premise, it's not necessarily original, but on execution, it delivers well, if not better than maybe any other zombie movie has, or at least in decades. Its simple setting is claustrophobic. I love how quiet the apocalypse seems to take hold, which they use almost every inch of the train to showcase its rather complex narrative with lots of side stories. You have the baseball team, the cheerleader, the homeless man, the couple that's pregnant, the mom that gets bit and takes the phone call. The scenes of society falling apart are amazing. The helicopter scene dropping zombies on the skateboarder and all around them (laughs) is incredible. Um I put down the quote that said, you only care about yourself. And that's why mom left you. I thought yeah. that was a really powerful. That was a hard one. Yeah. And then um, I wrote down that I think they do the Horde thing way better than World War Z did or really any other, like, I think, zombie movie that really goes for, like, the Horde effect, like that big pile of yeah. zombies. Oh, when they're um, on the train? Yeah, I felt like. They all like jump into each other and over each other and stuff like they do that better than I think any other zombie movie. So in a lot of ways, in a lot of zombie movies, I think it's like best in class zombie movie. Um, It really kind of takes, you know, um, Dawn of the Dead remake and like kind of ramps it up a bit. And um, I love that the I love the addition of the dark. Uh, every zombie movie seems to have like a little thing that gives people hope. And I think it's cool that the zombies can't see in the dark. It's not something that I necessarily think is like unbelievable like i totally got it like when they were like oh yeah we go in the train and nobody they can't see us right and if you're like real quiet you could just walk by them i was like that's cool um because it adds like a a sense of urgency and a level of tension that mm-hmm. you don't typically have and it kind of gives the people hope which i think adds that tension you give them an opportunity and then you, you know like so i think it plays really really well um obviously we have peninsula which is the next film that's set in this universe but it's not a sequel Although there is a tie-in, the uh, soldiers that we see at the end of this movie apparently are like in Peninsula when it comes out. I think it just released. It's not out here yet, Um, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, You guys know me, dude. I love zombie movies. I always have. And I love fast zombies more than slow zombies. And Train of Bassan's it. Like, it's really good. It's playing at my local theater right now, actually. It has, um, (laughs) you know... (laughs) There's a go. theme here of like <laughs> apocalypse dad that I've I've been like I think I've been made aware to. There's a there's a writer who brings up like the apocalypse dad trend and like we see this with like with Logan and The Last of Us, Trainer Brasson. Like this seems to be a thing that uh we like in media. There's no apocalypse mom. You know, like there seems to be a a lot of people that are way into like it's the end of the world and a dad has to lay his life down for a daughter thing. Yeah. Um at the time when I watched this, it wasn't a thing in 2016. In 2020, as I look back at it, I definitely feel like maybe it's becoming a little tropish. It seems to be something mm-hmm. that keeps recurring. So that'd be the only thing that I'd say about it now. But at the time, I didn't think of that then. Well, so. I mean, the my two movies back to back are basically about a dad and his daughter. I mean, not so tightly tied together in the whaling, but still the 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 stakes are his daughter's life. So basically the same on paper. So you're right. I think you're onto something there. And the dude that like his wife is pregnant, like he's the hero of the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's freaking awesome. Like I love <laughs> this movie. Like this movie is amazing. It's, this is a must own movie for sure. Like must own top shelf. You got to have it. 
It's a good example of a of a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, too. And yeah. I think that's what helps it because it can be I don't want to say goofy, but like it the can characters be. can be characters, you Dude, know, instead of when the baseball people. team is out there, like with baseball bats, like going off on everybody <laughs> yeah. and they, they come down the escalator and all the zombies like see and they wake up and they all start running. Like it's kind of it's totally goofy, but it's but it's also appropriately like gruesome. Yeah. So it kind of goes back and forth on that. Um, one thing that I'd ask you, Lucas, with your experience and your, and your knowledge of movies, like, I think it's really well shot. Um, like I said, the way that they, like the, my big takeaway is they really use the train, like all of the train, like they're like every, it doesn't, you think about how much this movie sits in three train cars. That's incredibly impressive. (laughs) Well, and when they do get out the few times at the train stations and stuff, you know, it opens back up and that's just good storytelling when you can actually use the camera to like say, okay, we've been cramped in a train for a while. Let's shoot from a wider angle, show not only just show the the train stations and stuff, but give the audience kind of time to breathe. You know, if you see too many of these medium and close up shots of people, you just kind of, your eyes get bored. So yeah, it, it definitely, especially for a zombie movie, is shot well because I don't remember thinking, "Wow, you know, this is how every zombie movie is shot." Yeah, and there's most, a lot here going on. Most of the time, it's in the daylight. You know, it's yep. not like at yeah. nighttime. You, you know, yeah, like the zombies true. aren't like ghouls that are hanging out in the forest or something. Like, no, it's there. It's out in the open. Like you live with it. Like you settle into exactly where these people are in the train, and then you have the people that turn on them and try to lock them out. Yeah, and they're like yeah. beating that like that's a tense moment. Like I love this movie. This I would put it number one if I just didn't love the movie that I put number one more. But like <laughs> I absolutely I love it. this movie. <laughs> My number one swapped them at, at the last second, but I'll talk oh. about that later. But yeah, great movie. Josh, I think you're the only one that saws another movie, right? I got a number two for you. A big steamy number two. Woohoo, baby. Right? <laughs> uh there, there's one reason. Another movie that I hadn't seen before, um, we did this. Uh, the reason, the only reason why I put this over, I have to pull this up, um, over Train to Busan is um, Anya Taylor-Joy. My number one. So The Witch is my number two. Um, another movie I hadn't seen, I really wanted to see. Uh I didn't know, like, she's she caught my eye, and then I, re- I realized the other thing she's been in. Yeah, she's after. amazing. I didn't know she was also in the movie Morgan, which is a horror movie that came out in 2016. She's in Split? Uh, yeah, she's in Split. And, uh, and the New Mutants? And, yes, and the New Mutants. Uh, so, I, you know, I didn't know what to expect with The Witch. Um, I know people talked about Black Thomas, like... I think Lucas talks about it in like Flux Suppose or something. So I think I'm Lucas just realized that here. this movie came out this year. And like <laughs> I, I thought, can see it on I, his face. <laughs> yep. I I don't know what happened, but yes, I'm realizing that this is 2016. I can't okay, wait well, to I'll, see what your number one is then. <laughs> well I was for sure home. that we had <laughs> same number ones and number twos. So uh yeah. Um <sighs> I I really enjoyed it. Because it's it's one of those slow plotting movies oh, for sure. where you don't necessarily even know what's going on. Um, and I think this year started that trend for films like this for me, where I'm not loving traditional horror types anymore. 
I'm loving these like suspenseful. What the heck is going on? Like thinkers, yeah. You want to be yeah, invested right? into it, yeah. The killing of sacred uh, deer. Like, let's get into it. Well, let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> we gotta wait an episode. Um, so, uh, yes, like you don't necessarily know when this if this movie's gonna turn horror, when it does, and how it's going to. But it there's a distinct there's a couple of distinct moments, but there's a distinct moment where it turns into more than just this this uh, family who's been kicked out of a town for not believing in the Christian values to wait, where's my baby? <laughs> and yeah. then you have to deal with like, you sit with this girl, the whole movie and you see, you experience her mother hating her, her siblings hating her. And then ultimately the one person she can trust her father thinking she's, a witch because they just don't know anything. Yep. They don't know any better. They don't know any better. And they'll listen to five-year-old children say that <laughs> yeah. their eldest daughter is a witch and believe it. it Those it, twins were creepy though. So. Of course they were. They were creepy. Uh, I think everything that ha- – it's a little slow at the beginning, but uh, I think once that like got through, that really like everything else felt so uh, – I don't know the right word. It was very tense and it was very stressful like watching this film because there was never this sense of direction. You didn't, I couldn't like predict what was going to happen to the extent of the the way that things happen. Um, You kind of just know what the stakes are. Like, you know, there's this entity out there. Yeah, potentially, but, and you don't know where it's poisoning this family when it's coming back, and yeah. they're all turning on each other. How much of it is real, and how much of it is just what's them? the story? What's that, the kid's story? That was my thing. Like, up? I didn't know if I could believe it or if we were just being shown things to mislead us. Yeah, and that's the plot. Like, that's the thing you're constantly going back and forth. Like, well, uh, is she a witch? <laughs> no, she's not a witch. Witches aren't real. They're scared of witches. And then you see something, you're like. She is a witch. <laughs> you just kind of keep going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, for the whole movie, I did not, I didn't believe she was a witch at all. I don't, and I honestly don't think she was up till. As I say, well, she totally was. <laughs> a point that she was. Yeah. Um, but that <laughs> she was. She floated in the air. I thought you were about was, to say, I don't think she is. And I was no. like, no, Josh, she totally is. <laughs> I was hoping he did. But that and was I put still on don't her. think she is. That was put on her, right? Like she didn't. Ha- yeah. feel like she had a choice like she finally became to be accepted yeah, yeah. she yeah. knew she couldn't go back to the town because she knew that she'd be someone's servant and like what do you do when you're that like, i don't think i'd become a witch but like, Wait, would you situation. listen to the devil josh is that what you would do <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. wander out and josh is like witches? what do you do obviously you sell your soul to the devil <laughs> you gotta do it um damned if you do you can't like be somebody else's servant <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> um, uh, I, I thought she was incredible. Honestly, though, when it comes she down is to incredible. it, she really pushed that movie. Hell yeah, she did. Um, over. However, it, it didn't beat my number one, which has always been my number one for this year. So uh, it just didn't for whatever, for, for different <laughs> reasons. Uh, but yeah, uh, I loved it. It was great. The Witch. Robert Eggers also did The Lighthouse. 
which yep. came into recent oh, I fame. Watch, yeah, I really want to watch that. And uh, no, I Anna Taylor Joy is a perfect call out. I think she's great. Like every time I see her, like I, I think she's awesome. And she's, I think I love seeing her in horror movies. I haven't really seen her a whole lot outside of horror movies, but I feel the same way about like Samara Weaving. Every time yes. I see her like a horror yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is That'll all you need to do forever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever want to see you in a rom-com or anything. Yeah. I want you typecasted here forever. <laughs> like you just yeah. do this. Um, uh, I'm glad that you brought so many details so I didn't have to, because to be honest with you, this was one that I didn't rewatch because I knew it was my favorite of the year. Um, yeah. In my time of putting down, I had 23 movies for 2016 alone. So I immediately was like, oh, The Witch is my favorite of the year, so let's focus on the other ones. Um, But I definitely remember that. I definitely remember it was just like just kind of a tale of tragedy. Has a lot of like Crucible vibes. I'm sure if you guys read the book, saw the movie. Um, Has a lot of that. Beautifully shot. Really slow. Really like overcast and murky and cloudy. And say beautiful for a movie that's mostly gray. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) super gray. gray Which which sets the period piece right and sets the tone. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think the biggest like a a big part of the horror for me is kind of as a history buff. And remembering like the Salem witch trials and people were actually burned to death because people mm-hmm. actually thought they were witches because people are awful. <laughs> like, like you can't yes. just go with what people think because oftentimes people are wrong. <laughs> people do yeah. dumb stuff. Like, and that's, that's where I was constantly flip flopping with this movie watching it the first time I was like, oh, obviously this is about paranoia and how evil people are. And then you'd see some supernatural thing and you'd be like, maybe it is about a witch <laughs> right is it not about a witch i think she is a witch maybe it's and then you like i would almost repress that i'd be like okay so this is a different thing and then i'd see like the dad and mom get all like super jealous and stuff and and i'd be like no maybe it is like i kept going back and back and forth and i don't know if uh maybe if i didn't have that like knowledge and stuff to it how i would feel about this movie it is yeah. very slow like it almost it relishes in it. It is extremely slow well, burn. And that let's talk the dialogue is basically ripped from the pages of I kept the thinking they diaries of these people. Huh? <laughs> I kept thinking they had to memorize that. Oh like, gosh, I know. And there are a <laughs> lot of words with ulterior meanings and things that you've gotta, you know, yeah, you gotta pay I attention. Watched- the first time I watched this, it was with the subtitles on because I couldn't hear it yeah. and I couldn't tell what they were saying half the time. That's a so. good thing. Do you guys normally do that or not? No, this is like the first time I've ever. I watch that. all horror movies with subtitles on all the time. Oh, wow. Because I always think that I, I've often wondered like if that sets like I feel like for like, um, for example, for uh, as above, so below. I feel like that's a big deal. Like if you didn't watch that movie with subtitles on, yeah. like there are moments when I'm watching a horror movie where somebody says something that I don't fully understand that I'll pause it, figure out what it means and then keep going. Cause I don't want to be left behind. So that's actually a cool thing. I'm yeah. actually glad you brought that up. My wife hates it. <laughs> <laughs> Old man Donnie with his subtitles can't hear the TV. I mean, I can <laughs> but hear, but sometimes it's just, <laughs> you know, you don't understand a slang term or something. And it's like, yeah. I want to know, I want to know what, they're talking about especially or just knowing what people's names are half the time especially in a movie like the witch you know yeah. especially in a movie like this there are all kinds of things in this movie or, or all kinds of things in the dialogue of this movie that had a meaning that if you were just in 2020 and not like akin to the old world english you wouldn't get 
half of what's going on. Yeah, you yeah. just wouldn't understand. Well, here's what I do. I actually printed out the screenplay, and then I like to read along while I watch the movie. <laughs> I actually would buy the screenplay of this movie, to be honest with you. That would actually be cool if it like, was bound as a book. When they're like trying to pawn her off to like other families about her coming into her uh, womanhood yeah. and things like, there's all kinds of like, you know, puberty coming of age stuff in there that you yeah. got to pay attention to pick up on. To have sex with her. Yeah, you got to pay attention <laughs> yeah. to pick up on it. If you don't pay attention, <laughs> hey, you don't miss it. I mean, they live out in the wilderness. He ain't got a lot to look at. You know, he ain't gonna find porno mags on the highway goats, <laughs> <Hey>, goats. <laughs> he is not going to become a man who stares at goats okay Ooh. you just look at it from behind nice <laughs> <laughs> upgrade to a horse at least uh, i'm going to kick. pretend <laughs> not if you do it right i'm just gonna pretend like <laughs> i didn't screw this up and if this this is one of my favorite movies of all time let alone uh wow. favorite horror movie but because I'm an idiot and didn't even have it on the list, I'm going to pretend like everything it is normal. <laughs> no, I'll pretend like it wasn't okay, and continue okay. on like I like my list already was. But yes, The Witch is one of my favoritest movies of all time. So this would have been number one anyway, Except. regardless, no question. So, and I can't add much more than any <laughs> you you guys put it so eloquently. Then I, I won't. Cool. So, so my your number three. Your okay. number twos. My number two was your number ones, technically. So So I think I'm the only one who has be, any what's that? You have a number one and then yeah. I have Yeah, you both have okay. number ones. So okay. your number one, Josh, is technically Lucas zero. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, what's your zero? <laughs> well my zero well I guess witch. what was yeah, is the witch. My number one that we will pretend like nothing went wrong is green room ah that's my number four see i don't know what it is about it could be because i just watched it recently i've only seen it one other time but even after having watched it once this movie is just so tense and so suspenseful and the way that the the story plays out I've had horror dreams, you know, like nightmares really that have played out like this. Yeah. I mean, obviously not exactly the same, but it has that home invasion vibe without being a home and without even being a place that is theirs. Um, so basically what happens is there's a band, a, a very kind of middling, uh, middling. hardcore. Well, I mean, <laughs> middling. they're good, but they're clear. No, good, they're at they're the clearing. bottom of everything. Like they're, they're, they're playing gigs out of the back of their van that they siphon well, gas. Yeah. That's yeah, not middling. They, yeah, that's, that's the bottom. True. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they choose such uh widely. The band uh, can't hear you. Music. They can't hear you. <laughs> they're not going to, they're, they're not going to be upset. <laughs> One of them might be able to hear. Hey, they're just, they're punk. Like punk was meant to be. They're not selling out for anybody. Yes, exactly. uh, They don't even believe in a social media presence, basically. So, yes, they definitely have that aspect. They're getting gigs based on recommendations from the people that they just played from. Um, So they get this recommendation because they don't really know where to go from from where they were because I think their gig got canceled or something. And uh, so this guy who interviews them for college paper or something says, hey, you can go down here, but kind of warns them this is going to be – not exactly, you know, play your gig and get out is, and you'll get paid. That's pretty much the advice he gives them. So they get there and realize this is white power, white supremacy, 
backwoods Aryan bar. Brotherhood stuff. Yeah, Aryan Brotherhood. Uh, basically, what what you would have pictured like the mafia to set up. It's like a speakeasy for the for the Aryan Brotherhood, and so they get there, and uh, it's it's a bar and a stage in some woods somewhere, and uh, they get ready to play. They they play their set, and they kind of realize, you know, they're not they're not about that lifestyle. They're not about those choices. So they sort of poke fun at them, but then they play their set, and and everybody kind of is like, oh, okay, yeah, it's music, whatever. Um, and so after they're set, they go in the the back room, and uh, the next band is in there, and chick's been stabbed, <laughs> woman's been killed, and so they don't know these people. They don't know anybody there really. So they're just kind of like, all right, well, we didn't see anything. Let's, let's grab our stuff. We'll leave. We won't tell anybody, but of course they can't leave. Um, they're not allowed to leave, but they do it in such a way where it's not like they're just shoved in the room and it's like, all right, you guys got to stay here or else we'll shoot you. That would have been too easy. Right. That would have been like, uh, okay, whatever. Um, it's the the way that one of the the brotherhood's guys is just like, all right, we got the police. They're on their way. They they know someone's been stabbed, so just stay in this room. We don't want this, you know, spreading and causing a panic. And we'll get everything sorted out. Like they they gain your trust by making you think that everything is is normal in that situation, given a very unnormal situation. So they get placed in this room, and basically from that point on they hardly ever leave that room. Hmm. A lot of this comes, there's a bunch of tension between the owner uh, of this, this bar, if you will, and him coming and talking to them and basically trying to keep them calm while also, you know, they're not in there by themselves. They had band members from the other band who killed this girl. Uh, They had one of the guys who works at the bar, who's part of the brotherhood, so th- and who was also sort of keeping guard. So there's just all this tension about this guy who's going to attack them, this band member who killed the girl, uh, another another girl who was friends with the girl who got killed. So they don't know what anybody's deal is. So they're sort of left to figure out who's a decent person, who's a murderer, who's going to turn on them and just kill them to get rid of the problem. And all of that tension just leads to interesting decisions that they have to make, like giving up a gun, um, choosing to believe what the the guy behind the door is telling them, uh, trying to leave and charge their way out, um, attack dogs who are brought to the, the, the bar and tasked with basically they want to, See, they don't want to just go and kill them. They want to make it look like it was an accident uh, and get rid of all the evidence. So yep. basically on the Aryan Brotherhood side, they're also not just like, okay, we're just going to shoot them and get rid of them. So there's all of this manipulation, manipulation, tense moments, things that are happening, and it's all just sort of breaking down. And you're watching this and it just keeps piling on more and more. And there's some violence in the movie and that is so gruesome and you watch it and it's just shotgun scenes I've ever seen. Oh yeah. And it comes out of nowhere. It does. It's not, this movie's not afraid to pull punches and it's not afraid to the arm, the arm dude. I think that might be the the most horrific (laughs) part of the movie is the arm. The The arm had me. 
<sighs> Are you forgetting the belly though, dude? It's still th- it's still the arm for me. Really? Yeah. It's it the is. fear of what's happening on the other end, and then when he brings it back, you're just like, oh. You're just. How does that happen? Yeah, for sure. There is a lot of cringing and just like. <laughs> Oh, you know, like you're protecting yourself almost via watching this movie and and fi- seeing what happens to them. But yeah, it's just like one bloody night, one awful nightmare that just continues to escalate, and it and it escalates in interesting ways that make it believable. And there's sort of almost like a lore about it. Uh, the the owner tells this guy to get the red laces and you're like, what the hell are the red laces? What's going on? Like everything has sort of a story behind it. And it, I don't know, it's engrossing and it just, it grabbed, grabbed me by the balls. And I just kept watching. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I just love this movie. Now the, the, the director of this movie directed another movie earlier on called blue ruin. And it's yeah. similar in a way uh, in that it's like a breaking down of a situation that deals with families. Uh, and so it's kind of like his first movie was sort of like leading up to this one. Like it was a do over, not that the first one was bad, but this one is just like, okay, now I can really see what you can do. And I look forward to seeing more of what comes out of, uh, boy, if I can remember his name, um, the director, uh, Neil, nope, that's producer. Sorry. Jeremy Salnier. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but yeah, it's just another one of those movies where you're just like, I see your style. I want to see more of that. So green room, I really recommend it. Even having told you some of the the parts of this movie, it really is worth watching. Um, unless you're like get nauseous easily or something, but <laughs> uh, yeah, really liked it. And it's a very, again, one of those charming movies where you actually care about the characters and what happens to them and, mm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I would have never room, watched it one. if it wasn't for your recommendation. You are the, the reason I watched it. I watched it this year. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you hadn't seen it yet. No, no, so, I have oh, seen wow. it. Um, I wasn't as like riveted by it, I, I guess, as you were. Um, to me, I kind of thought it was, um, I don't want to, I don't want to down your movie review at all. No, that's uh, okay. I just thought it was, uh, like just kind of, um, uh, standard. You know, like standard type of like slasher type stuff is definitely cool. Like give it that. It's real cool. I guess the thing for me was like the, some of the things I thought were a little unbelievable. Um, especially the thing when they like find like the room underneath and they start dropping down and the attack dogs and everything. So like, like just come on. Like, like there's a door separating these people, <laughs> you know, but yeah, but it is very, it is very, very good. I, I do like the way it unfolds. Um, so well, I, I definitely follow your recommendation and some people should watch it for sure. It's, mm. it's my number one because I, I, I'm not, I won't say it's the best movie ever. Like, uh, we said about train to Busan. It's not like it's doing anything completely new. It's just doing it well. Yeah, it does do it well. And, and for me, like I said, it gripped me enough that I felt like, you know what? I'm going to make this my number one because I just had such a reaction to it. You know, you should watch um, it for the shotgun alone. Yes, shotgun yes. scene's good. <laughs> it is very good, but uh, but yeah, I think overall my list not too gruesome, like not particular. Mm. Like Train to Busan is obviously the the most gory one out of them, but the the rest of uh, what we'll talk about after our picks, like even those movies weren't exactly uh, gory as it were, as yeah. you would think traditionally. So pretty interesting. Cool. 
My number one. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you have any guesses? I didn't even know The Witch came out this year, so <laughs> I don't want to guess. guesses. Yeah, make one guess. The Invitation. Yeah, that is my number one pick. Oh, the yeah. Invitation. Josh? Uh, yeah. I hate this movie. You hate it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I didn't think this was going to be the popular pick. Um, wait, wait, can I ask you a question? Is this the one where can. in the end they walk outside and look at all the... Yes, the Red Lanterns. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean anybody anything to anybody yeah. yet. Um, this is one of those movies that is uncomfortable. And that is where I think it lives. It thrives in making you feel uncomfortable. But one of the things that I think this movie does the best is it makes you, at least it made me, start to question the main character's mind. You're yeah. all you're on board with him, right? You come in, he's invited to this party with his ex-wife who they separated after the death of a child. They haven't seen each other since and it's at the house he used to live in and she's there with her new boyfriend uh, who looks kind of similar to would him. Would you guys at do that? Point. No, I would never go. Right. To, That's was one of my things. So <laughs> like, especially in the house where my, my child who's dead now was people um, in California are doing all this. their friends are there, right? All, and um and you know it just doesn't feel right from from go. And it's long. This is a long drawn out get to horror. So you're experiencing his loss and his him having trouble dealing with it and he's upset that his ex-wife seems to be so comfortable with getting over the loss of their child, which is mm-hmm. st- very stressful in general. He's acting uh, erratic to other people, but in my mind, he's acting fine, but everyone keeps questioning him. Why are you acting so weird? And then I start to think, well, is he acting weird? Is he jumping to conclusions? Until the, that moment, you have the moment where you think, you lost him, right? He lost his mind. I'm not on his page anymore. And then three seconds later, you're like, oh, I feel so like vindicated. I feel so validated. He was right this whole time. And it's it's just this very bizarre cult situation where Drew Carey, the guy who played Drew Carey's brother on the Drew Carey show, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is there and he's very unsettling. And this crazy hippie chick is there who is also very unsettling. Nothing feels right for the whole movie. Everything just feels like you don't want to be there. You want him to leave and you yeah. want to go with him. And then in that snap, boom, it's a horror film. And it just, it doesn't stop. Someone dies and then like, it just like involves to the wall. Death, 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 death. Try to just like, and then it like kind of culminates in this escape to, uh, well, what is essentially not really an escape at all, an escape to a crazy world at the end. Um, which I thought it was cool that they did that. That's not my favorite part of the of the of the movie, um, but it kind of like there's definitely a part of the movie where like the foreshadowing is not clear, but you could like you could tell like, hey, why is that guy lighting one single red lantern in his backyard? And then you kind of just like let it go because everything else has been weird up to that moment. <laughs> um, yeah. I did watch it again to make sure that I still loved it as much as I did. And I really did. I really do love this film. Um, 
because it is not not just because, but it's not a typical type of film. It's not like you don't see films like this. At least I didn't until uh, 2017 <laughs> when I watched a movie from that year that I think is <laughs> fairly uh, similar as, as far as like stylistically. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. I definitely understand why people wouldn't like it um, because it can, I don't know. I don't, you can tell me why I didn't like, but I think it's, probably can be pretty boring to people or, or frustrating to watch because it really is like more of a character performance. And if you don't like those characters, you're not going to like the movie. I'm really glad that I guessed it. I was, I, I looked at my list of movies that I considered and this is definitely a consideration. And I saw two movies that screamed to me, Josh, one was Cloverfield lane and the other one was the invitation. And I, I was like, that. it's I just definitely consider it horror. No, I just definitely looked at the two and I was like, that's, that's yeah. Josh's movie. And the funny thing about this is that you and my wife love the same horror movies yeah. for all the same <laughs> reasons. My wife loves this movie and we watched it together. And I think I wanted to turn it off halfway through. I was like, yeah. this is just get this over with. And she was like, Oh, I'm into it. But she's in it. She loves it. She loves the yeah. whodunit. She, you know, she loves the uncomfortable. And you're right. It's bizarre and it's uncomfortable. And you're right. It's a, it's a growing trend in the horror space. It's while not as on the nose, it's not all that different than like it out in the way that it is horrific. Sure. Yeah. Right. Foreshadowing for a future episode. Um, yeah. Right. But it, it's, this is something that's happened this, this decade for sure. This is a thing that a trend that a lot of folks are doing. And I, I, I don't hate them all. Right. There's, there's uh, I think there's a, a skill to doing it well. But you're right. I thought it was kind of boring. I remember everybody like was fawning over it and I watched it and I was just like, yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> I think there are others that do it better. Um, but I don't want to take anything away from you because I might just be wrong. This is one of those situations where I am very happy to say that my list proves more about my taste for horror and your list proves more yeah. about because I've yeah, said it before sure. that I, I typically love the slashers and the zombie movies and those things. And then I've brought up like obscure movies on our podcast for weeks, like obscure artsy type stuff is not typically my thing. I just think they're really good. The witch. Yeah. Let's talk about Kevin. Now, these are really good movies that I think you have to watch versus Chucky or the conjuring Two. even though those are the movies that I typically watch. You know, those are the yeah. movies that I enjoy. <laughs> so like something like Southbound for me, I'm just like, I'm so much more in my element. I think my wife hated it. <laughs> she can't mm -hmm. figure it all out. She doesn't have all the answers. She can't stand that. That drives her nuts. <laughs> she loves these movies where it, you know, it's, it thrills her attention to be yes. tracking it all. Yeah. And she yeah, can't, she loves sense. those. She can't get enough of that stuff. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So I'd like to kick off our, what didn't make our list. And yeah. without making this podcast go another hour, <laughs> yeah. I will say that I have thoughts to say about, the Shallows, starring Blake Lively. Okay. I yeah. almost got to that. Yeah. One of the best shark movies ever. I love that movie. It's a great shark movie. If you're into shark movies, you like Jaws or Lake Placid or Megadon or whatever, like this is one of the best, uh, The Reef, this is one of the best shark movies ever. It's really good. Um, it definitely is tropish at times, but it's it's more of a survival movie. And the shark mm -hmm. is a little ridiculous, but it's, it's, it's good. It's a good watch. Didn't make the list. Um, lights out was all the rage, the right? I had a big marketing yeah. thing and everything. Not the best, not, not like, not super bad though. Pretty good. Um, 
Under the Shadow had a lot of buzz when it came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Personally, didn't like that one near as much. And that's a movie that really falls in my wheelhouse thematically. Yeah. I thought um, I watched this one and I thought I was excited because, again, another um, foreign film more culture, something that's a little bit different than what we'd see here. I thought it wasn't really horror enough. It's kind of like a haunting movie, but you don't see a lot of it. What was really interesting to me was more of the uh, interactions between the wife, the husband, her trying to go back to work and sort of what that looks like in Iran. It was Iran, right? Yes. Tehran. 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 Yes. Yeah, that was the city. Yeah. Um, the other ones that I have down, obviously, are The Conjuring Two down, and um, yeah. you guys have yeah. you guys haven't seen this. No. Nope. No, I wanted wow. to. Uh, the Conjuring Two is a real case. Um, a lot of the Conjuring universe is based off the Warrens. This is a real case that the Warrens did. It's called the Enfield case. It is one of the most documented paranormal cases in the world. Of like over 80 different people all going on record and affidavits and things. People talking about children that are levitating, the f- couches and desks flying across the room. There's a lot of stuff there. If you ever want to actually look into the real behind the scenes of The Conjuring 2, there's a lot of good stuff there that makes the, the movie itself more scary than it than I think it mm. is. Um, it has Lulu Wilson, um, who is great. Yeah. She's also in another movie on my list, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil. That was the movie that was number three. I love that movie the first time I saw it and I rewatched mm. it and it's just not nearly as good as I remember it. it kind of falls apart at the end. Um, the Conjuring 2 I loved because the Warrens are great. I'm not going to give you the whole spiel about the Conjuring universe again. I'm going to tell you the reasons why I dropped it. It has some CG effects and like this weird dude that shows up. Um, there was like a manifestation of a toy and it completely takes me out of this freaking movie. I'm like, that <laughs> is stupid as fuck. <laughs> like, like, I can't stand it. And I hate that it's even in the movie. Um, also, the ghost, the ghoul in the movie, half the time is like this old dude that sits on a chair watching TV. It's just like outside of the hauntings and the hauntings are great. Like some of the scariest yeah. stuff that they do, the poltergeist stuff. Fantastic. That's what makes the movie good. But it's all just kind of undermined by all this lore and stuff. They try to make it to, to appease the source material. But man. Yeah. Kind of falls apart. Um, the purge election year. Boy, is that foreshadowing, huh? <laughs> like, if you, I didn't like it when it came out. That's a movie that probably gets to scarier in 2020 than it is in 2016. I'm not lying at all. Like, that's the thing about that movie. I don't think it's a good purge movie at all, but it's got a lot more to say now than it did when it came out. Um, the other one that I put down was The Boy. The Boy. Yeah. Seen the Boy. boy. I've been told oh, to watch it. Boy. I have yet. The to boy is good if you like child's play type stuff. It's a I twist like on it. <laughs> it's a twist on it, and it's got Lauren Cohen in it yeah. from The Walking Dead, right? Yep. So she's great. And then Don't Breathe, which was what yes. we talked about yeah. the, the blockbuster. The cool thing about the Don't Breathe is it's a home invasion thing, but it's not like it's a flip of that. It's a reverse. The people that are at at risk are the home invaders. <laughs> you invade the wrong freaking house. And um, yeah. it does tell a really good story and it's entertaining. It's definitely exciting. And it's, I don't know if uh, the whole, I guess the whole premise of the movie is that blind people are like super sensitive to everything. I don't know how true or false that is, 
Um, yeah. it's, it, at times it's a little unbelievable, but maybe it is. I don't know. If you spend every day walking around in the dark, maybe you would know your house like the back of your hand like that. But it, yeah. it does a lot of good things with uh, darkness and thrillers. And it does have like a whole other – it has like the main plot, which is what you see from the trailer. So I'm not spoiling it. People break in the house. They realize it's not the dude to fucking break into and like, they try to get out. Then there's yeah. like this whole sub twist that reveals itself like mid movie huh. that you're not expecting at all. <laughs> like this huh. is a whole other story that's there. So it's it's good. Um, I also put that the Blair Witch remake is absolutely terrible. Is one of the oh, worst gosh. remakes of all time. Wow. Yeah. Equally terrible. is the Cabin Fever remake, which is just mm. awful. The Cabin Cabin Fever, one of my favorite horror movies, and the remake. One of the worst. <laughs> like, it's just I can never good. shave my legs again uh, without yeah. anything. <laughs> I can't watch any shaving scenes in any movies anymore you know, after that. It took all the teeth out of the original, I think. The, uh, the remake is like a PG-13 version of the worst one. And it's like, what's the point? Right. As I was say, it kind of feels like, did it really need to be remade? And they anyway? shoot it very like scene for scene remake. It's like a retelling. It's uh, not like a twist. A it's a lot of the Weird. same. It is That's weird. It is weird. Weird's a good description. Like I watched it, and I was like, "What the hell's happening?" <laughs> I'm watching the same <laughs> movie, but it's not nearly as good. <laughs> it's uh, not it's funny. Alternate, like, alternate dimension movie. It's like a dramatic, like soap opera version of Cabin Fever. Does that sound good That's at all? Good. No, no, that it's not good at all. Yeah. So anyway, those are my thoughts from the other movies that I had on my list. Um, I think I had yeah. said in the discord to you guys, I had watched a movie that I had been looking forward to greatly. Yeah. And it was the Blair Witch and it was terrible. <laughs> it oh, sucks. so bad. I was really looking forward to you. I, uh, <laughs> I was I kept, there day one in the theater. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I would have been had my, had I been able to, uh, and I don't know why, maybe I didn't go see it till now because people just weren't really talking about it, but man, was that a big disappointment. Um, I also started and didn't finish. I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You and, asked if we had seen it. And, and I was the like, neon demon. I stopped both of those. Oh, oh really? Through them. I really hated the neon, neon demon. Neon demon is t- just, um, it's not like, a when bad... does the horror happen? <laughs> yes. It's well late in the game, but yeah. uh, the problem is that one's so on the nose that it offended me. Just my sensibilities. I'm just like, yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. You'd, it's beautiful. People have to sacrifice everything yeah. to be models so tough, or something. Right? Whatever. Um, yeah. The Blair Witch was interesting because I think it was the first time my wife was ever embarrassed to be in a movie theater with me because <laughs> I was completely fucking ruining it for everybody. I was in the back watching it, oh, yelling, <laughs> laughing my ass off about how incredibly stupid this movie was. Yeah. I was, was so bad. I was like, what is this? Like, why is he vacuum up tents? What the hell is happening? This is the stupidest thing. I've <laughs> Every ever friend comes up to you and just like jumps out of the shadows and goes, Hey, yeah. I was just, just busting like out laughing and ridiculous. people were like looking at me and you know, they're giving me the shush stream. And I was like, this is, supremely bad we should all be yeah. laughing like that's the only enjoyment i'm getting out of this movie right now is making fun of it because it is awful it's embarrassingly bad yeah yeah, yeah. uh in the last movie the one that was my number five uh, was actually brought to my attention from flux to post uh, same uh, one for me then and that is the void which is essentially if they made a dead space movie that's kind of s- yep. came out next i think that came out 2017 boom oh. 
lawyered. No, I I'm going so. to go with Josh uh, Lucas. You just don't I know have. I've had many. See, <laughs> that's the thing is I tried in the United States. It premiered at a film festival in the United States, but released in Canada in 2017. Well, so, what are we going with here then? Because we're going with U.S. release date. Uh, in 2016 i look up okay so <laughs> not only can it go forward in time but it can also go backward in time because if i look at lucas, imdb lucas, it's 2017 lucas, it's not that hard it says, usa <laughs> april 2017 it probably came Are out you? to a film and festival in the US. i hear you i'm on wiki it says the void 2016 film so i mean we'll just we can do this for 10 years for every episode <laughs> limited limited if we're going with theatrical releases yeah. there is limited release in 2017 we uh, can't go both ways because then well, it just all gets screwed up then you just say that you had it on your 2016 list though i had it on my 2017 because oh, okay. i followed the way that we asked yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. i'm gonna go with lucas on this one 2017 that's fine well, so, it, it won't even be in my top 10 in 2017 there you go <laughs> so really there's nothing bad wow so i didn't even mention it okay gentlemen <laughs> wait wait i had two. Oh, i'm sorry Everyone go ahead had... i only have two uh what i thought you were gonna say no, was hush. For you. hush no i didn't get to watch it um, that one's a pretty good one. Home invasion again. Uh, a, one of the uh, five senses is missing again, yeah. and you have to find it. No, uh, you have to. <laughs> uh, it, but, but again, it's one of those movies that does it well. Is it real life? You know, do deaf people react in this manner to everything? I don't know, but it, it's good, and and you feel uh, something for the character, and I think that's important whenever you have one person against the world basically or in this case one other guy i would agree with um that. interestingly face is revealed very early on but does not take away from the movie at all honestly um for the masked killer i mean uh the mm-hmm. other one is the autopsy of jane doe mm-hmm. ah, yes. i was interested in this movie just based on the premise and honestly i think the premise is pretty solid yeah. what brings it down is the acting and some of the dialogue <laughs> choices and writing uh, it's kind of like the haunted house, but it's in the morgue, yeah. uh, a family morgue underneath the house. Uh, they find a body and uh, it's not everything and it appears to be. And that's the whole point is they have to figure out what is going on. And the twist is actually interesting. Like it all kind of came together. It's just everything that surrounded it was kind of a little goofy and a little ridiculous and kind of brought down the whole. I'd call it middling. That's right. Yeah. That word. It's middling. Yeah. It's okay. It's middling. They're almost as good as the band from uh, Green Room. (laughs) 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 I'm going to nominate Train to Busan and The Witch. Um, Either one of these would work for me. I don't think I can talk Lucas off of The Witch, so I won't try. I mean, Um, I agree. I'm good with The Witch. I'm good with The Witch. Good. Good. So I will put The Witch down for this year, and I will will make an honorable mention for Train to Busan. I am... I am delighted because I thought it was going to be trained to Basan. So, so oh, there's good. more that racism. <laughs> <laughs> so glad it wasn't trained to Basan. Wow. <laughs> Just give me a movie full of white people. It's Damn. okay. I like crazy. <laughs> I like crazy. New gray people. New England cloth covered white people. You've got to make the one black guy the bad guy in that movie, too. Way to go, witch. (laughs) (laughs) It was a different time. 
that's that's crushing that's crushing (laughs) all right that's gonna do it for us uh this year here in 2016 as we get ready to prepare and record 2017 so we'll catch you next week and next year but until then friends this is the end hi i'm chucky and i'm your friend to the end hi-dee-ho (laughs) ha ha ha